0: Welcome back to topless government. I'm your host, Crystal Ellerby. I don't think that there's going to be a Republican wave. I, I don't just think, don't. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I mean, should they, the House flip? Their majority is going to be slim. The Republican majority would be slim. It would be very, very slim. But I honestly think because of Roe v. Wade, the, um, the Dobbs case, um... I think it just galvanized a lot of people. And then on top of that, with Lindsey Graham introducing his bill on a 15-week 15, 15 abortion ban, I mean, they, you, Republicans truly believe that that they're going to take back the House. Yeah. They truly believe that. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I don't, but should it happen, all you're going to see is investigations. That's all you're going to see. You're not going to see any legislation getting passed. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to get passed. They're going to stall everything until you get to, until probably like the fall of next year. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the presidential cycle starts. Like after August, that's when it starts. They're aiming to win. They're aiming to win. Because they, again, I've told people this before. Republicans go for the long game. Democrats don't. Democrats eat their own. Um, They are messy. They are sloppy. They air their dirty laundry. And, you know, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, she's one of them. But you haven't heard much from her of late. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, she got engaged. Oh, good. You are recording. Okay, she got engaged. But, I mean, seriously, like, this week, you know, you got the railroad strike. (sighs) so you say that i was uh, saying because i do listen to shitheads on the right Mm -hmm. and the other night one guy was like you know the strike's coming up and he pretty much said something's funny about this but you know if the white house solves it there's something funny about that too so i'm like dude choose a side well i mean yeah because they they, you know what they they truly want to do that i mean here's i mean i handled railroad issues when i was on the hill and I always took issue when the CEOs would come into the office and they would beg for money. And I'm like, I've already looked at, you know, your shareholder information online. I'm like, don't come in here and tell me that you poor because you're not, <laughs> um, I go, I don't understand it. And I, you know, I was like, y'all's right of ways are your big, biggest assets. You know, because if I said, why is it that y'all can't get grain from certain parts of the country to another part of the country without it being so expensive? I mean, it's, it's it was astronomically expensive because they would just it would be these monopolies of these certain routes, and the farmers and stuff. They, there was nothing that they could do about it because it was the only game in town. I mean, you know, I just I find it disingenuous. That I mean, I'm only familiar with Burlington Northern Santa Fe because full disclosure, I was their outside lobbyist <laughs> for a bit. But they were the ones that sent a letter to the Hill basically spouting outright lies about the strike. And what it boiled down to because when I found out it was about sick leave, they would not allow them to call their employees to call out sick. And if they did, it would be retribution, and well, one of my friends works at Union Pacific. She's one of their director of public affairs. she does their state work in the Midwest. I mean, you know, you got the whole thing the pension issue with them because they got a damn good pension plan. God do they have it it's separate it's separate from the regular um federal pension plan I mean. You're going to not allow them to take sick leave? I don't get it. And I mean, you know, and misinformation in this day and age, that's what these people do. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And then everybody's trying to figure out, well, how is this going to affect, you know, the economy and the supply chain when we're slowly getting back, you know, to normal and stuff. And it's just like, well... I don't know, but I'm like, but thank God for President Biden and thank God for his secretaries of um, transportation and labor because they got it done. But you got to remember, the union has to ratify this agreement. It's a tentative agreement. And I mean, because they just think about this locally. The VRE was was about to shut down. Um, The Mark train was about to shut down. Two routes were about to shut down. Amtrak was about, was actually delaying long haul a uh, train service. And just imagine it's September. We're less than what a month out from the election. So I think you're right. I mean, you know, this and this kind of looks fishy, but they got it done, and I'm glad that they got it done, but it would have it would have wrecked havoc on on the economy. I mean, I mean, you know, that's just one of the things this week, you know, that, that happened and then on top of that, as y'all will recall, you know, remember the Dobbs case. And remember, you know, the Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices said, oh no, it's just gonna go back to the states. The states are gonna figure it out. We don't wanna do a federal, federal um abortion ban. We don't wanna do that. And look what happened this week with Lindsey Graham. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, introduced a bill. Um, so abortions will be banned into the 15th week. But from what I gathered, the title of the bill is just, is is kind of disjointed. It's late-term abortions. And I'm like, well, okay, hold up. But you're saying the ban is in 15 weeks. Uh, I'm like, I'm not understanding that. I mean, y'all, you can see it for yourself, seriously. The Republicans have now told you, they've been telling you all along what they're going to do. And a lot of you don't understand that, and you need to understand that, and you need to be more knowledgeable about how your government works, because stuff like this happens, and it's going to continue to happen. And just think about if the Republicans flip the House. I don't think they're going to flip the Senate. I I really, really don't. Um, But should they flip the House, you better think about this. There will be no legislation getting passed. It will be investigations, investigations, investigations. They're going to investigate the president. They're going to investigate his son. They're going to investigate the vice president. They are going to try to impeach him. There's already bills that have been introduced in this Congress, but remember the uh, the Congress is going to adjourn sine die. That means the end of the second session of a Congress. You know, first day when they come back in, when they reconvene, which will likely be probably like the first full week of January, rest assured, they're going to go after Democrats and they're going to go after them hard. And just think about this, Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat from California, who sits on the Intelligence Committee and who also sits on the Select Committee of January 6th. That. That committee will be gone if the Republicans get back into control because it's a select committee, and so it it has a short um, lifespan to be in existence. So y'all really need to think about this because if you don't start thinking about asking questions about how your government works, you are going to be screwed royally. And so that's why I'm gonna keep saying this, you know, on every show. You need to be more knowledgeable than a politician and you need to ask questions, you know, it's like verify then trust. That's all I'm saying. You need to verify and then then maybe trust, but don't trust. Most politicians are are untrustworthy. They really, really are. And a lot of them are very transactional. I hate to say that, but it's true. But we could, let's talk about some other things that have transpired this week as well. So, as everybody knows, you know, um, the fiscal year for the federal government, it ends on September 30th, and the new fiscal year starts October 1st. So, we already know what date it is today, right? September 16th. Now, House and Senate came back from August recess, and also, I hate recess because they're still working. But they go back to their states and their congressional districts and they work with the constituents and their district staffs and their state staff. So, my point is this okay, so they've been back for two weeks. That Senate's been back for two weeks. The House. Guess what? They didn't do it. One of the things that I found out was apparently. Senator Joe Manchin and and, and Chuck Schumer, he's the um, majority leader in the Senate, in order to get the Inflation and Reduction Act passed, Senator Schumer promised Senator Manchin that he would get his permitting bill done. Guess what? They want to try and attach his permitting bill to the continued resolution. That's going to be very difficult and then also I found out earlier today that um, a Republican staffer had said, well, no, we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to do any work on the permitting bill because we we wanted to be bipartisan and we need to take further um, study of it and look at it. So I think that might be dead in the water. <clears throat> Excuse me, until next Congress. So." With that being said, I think they better just go ahead and do a clean um, continue resolution and go home and go back to the district and campaign because, I mean, this is midterms. And another thing, I'm like, please go out and vote November 8th, please, or do early voting if you can. I know in some states, you know, they've cut back drastically on early voting. You know, Georgia comes to mind. Georgia, Georgia. But go and vote because this your life depends on it. It does. Your life depends on it. I mean, for women, reproductive rights, contraception, um, you know, y'all need to go out and vote and you need to be informed. You need to ask questions. And, you know, I know when you go to your polling precincts, You know, there are candidate staffs out there, you know, shoving all their information in your face and stuff. Do your homework before you get into the voting booth, please. So then you can just ignore them. Um, Just know going in who you're going to vote for and why. And just just please go vote, because this is this is this is an important lesson. um, um, Election. Every election is actually important. Let me take that back. Um, Just because it's midterms. You know, that's fine. And remember, you know, we're about to go into the presidential cycle as well for 2024. So y'all need to go out and vote. Um, If you know someone that is not registered to vote, help them get registered. I mean, we need everybody to go out and vote because in order for the Democrats to continue to do the good work that they've done in this Congress, I mean, just think about it. I mean, this has been the most productive Congress, in my opinion. You got, you had, you know, the American Rescue Plan Act, you had the Infrastructure Investments and Jobs Act, Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, you know, this is some really good stuff. I mean, it is. I mean, we have finally decided to tackle climate change and provide the necessary financial resources, you know, not just for, you know, companies, but for individuals, you know, you can now get tax credits you know better tax credits for electric vehicles you know um making your home more energy efficient I mean you know also take into consideration you know there's provisions in the in the statute that help out um the airline well not the airline industry the aerospace industry to basically reduce the carbon emissions and greenhouse gases, so just think about that i mean. Climate change is here, and it's been here for a while. It really, really has. I mean, just think about what has been happening: all the wildfires, the droughts. Um, knock on wood. Um, we're 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 still in hurricane season, um, and I'm I'm very surprised that there hasn't been um, an actual hurricane. So that is very very good. But you know, again, they're they're going to be more frequent. But we've been lucky thus far, because remember, I mean. Hurricane season starts in June and it ends in November and we're only in September. So just think about that. Um, Also think about, you know, how this is going to affect you, how this affects uh, national security, how it affects the economy. Again, I'm going to go back to it. You need to be more knowledgeable. I would like for you to be a citizen legislature, legislator. That's what I would like for you to do. Um, I think that's what topless government's main mission and goal is to do that, Um, making you more aware, um, cutting through the BS and the jargon and the alphabet soup that we always do here in Washington, D.C., and particularly up on Capitol Hill, we're going to cut through all that. And I think the more you learn, I think the more you'll be more informed and then you know what you like and what you don't like Um, in a politician and particularly about laws, you know, that are being passed, you know, a lot of people seem to think that they have to hire a lobbyist. And full disclosure, I'm a lobbyist. But in order for you to go to Congress, you know, you do have to be prepared and and do your homework. And you can do it. But also remember, you know, there's so many people out there lobbying on behalf of corporations, colleges, and universities excuse me you name it but you still can affect change and i mean and that's what this is really about you affecting change and preventing bad things from happening i think that's a very good thing but you just have to be more knowledgeable because if you're not knowledgeable and you know you're not in the know i'm telling you people will do anything they will basically try and screw you over in a minute and, and and speaking about screwing people over, can we talk a little bit about um, what Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis has been doing? I mean, they're human trafficking and they're violating so many laws to prove a point that there's a crisis on the Southern border. Now, granted, we all know we're still in the middle of a pandemic, we are. And a lot of people are from Central America are coming to the United States. But let's talk about what DeSantis did. So these poor people, these families, they were asylum seekers. And what they did is they came to this country, they sought asylum. And this is what happened. DeSantis and his staff spent $12 million from Florida taxpayers to get these folks to go to Massachusetts, to Martha's Vineyard, to be more precise. They got them on a plane. Now, you know, everybody know damn well, you have to have identification to get on a plane. You have to have it. Because, you know, what if if one of them had been a terrorist? Just think about that for a moment. So they got them on a plane, and they basically told them, oh, Um, You know, no, we're going to expedite, you know, we're going to expedite your asylum case. So, you know, we can get you through, we can get you through the immigration process. So we're going to do that. And I'm like, so you lied to them. So they get to Martha's Vineyard and um, DeSantis has been, you know, bragging about, oh, I know those people up there um, in the liberal Northeast. They're going to be all up in arms. You know, because these quote-unquote migrants, which I don't like calling them migrants, they're human beings. Um, He thought that they were going to just turn them away. They didn't. Martha's, uh, I mean, Vineyard, the folks there have been so helpful. (laughs) The community has, like, come together and provided food, shelter, clothing for them, and, and trying to, the best of their ability, provide them with the assistance that they need. And even here in Washington, D.C., you know, there have been busloads of these poor people coming up here and they're just being dumped off. Like they were being, they just dropped them off at Union Station. And then this week, and this takes the K, they dropped them off at the Naval Observatory, which is the vice president's residence. And, you know, I... I find this to be so disingenuous. If you wanna do immigration reform, do it, you know, do it. I mean, you know, and Congress did, I mean, they're trying to do it, but it's just like, hello, let's do immigration reform. You know, let's make, let's, you know, make some good policy for people who wanna come to this country and become citizens and become taxpayers Let's figure out a way. And, you know, but these stunts because, you know, governors DeSantis and um, Abbott, oh, there's, you know, there's a crisis on the southern border. And it's like, okay, yeah, you think that because it's in your backyard. But, you know, you're going you're going about it the wrong way. You're spending your taxpayer dollars you know, of your constituents and y'all, y'all could be spending that on something else. So if you're not going to be, a, um, provide a solution to the problem and you're the problem, then you just, you need, you need to find another line of, of work. You truly, truly do. Um, I, I just, I just find it odd that this is what they want to focus on. I really do. But let's get back to, you know, my main thing with regards to topless government. So you know, I've, I've done a you know a few episodes thus far, and I've talked about you know certain things that the government does, like you know, and they've been um you know at some point when I do have it out um, in the public ether, you'll be able to hear and see as well, but. Politics can be fun. I mean, and learning about politics can be fun. I mean, I I, I eat, drink, sleep because I love it. I mean, I studied it when I was um at university. I mean, I've done fellowships and internships on Capitol Hill. <laughs> Excuse me, I've worked, you know, I've worked in state and local government. I've worked in federal government, executive branch, legislative branch. And, you know, being a public servant, you know, it is is a good thing. I know a lot of people um, think sometimes that it's not, but it is. I mean, it, it's a calling. It truly is. It's a calling that you want to help your, you know, fellow man and woman out um in general. And, you know, it, it's something to think about. I mean, you know, if you want to if you want to learn more about how Congress operates, you know, do an internship. You know, like I said, I did an internship. They now on the pay on the House side. They pay their interns. Before they didn't. When I was an intern, I didn't get paid. I got college credit. So, I mean, it's just something to think about if you really would like to just be more involved and just understand, like, you know, what's going on. That's good. That's really, really good. But, <clears throat> excuse me, again, it's just something to think about. It, I mean, it really, really is. It's just, it's something to think about. And, you know, like I said, I'm like, I I love it. Not gonna lie. I, I mean, I love, I, I love politics. And, you know, I love what I do for a living. And it's great. It really is. It's great. And I'm hoping that I can, you know, show you how your government works. Um, and and you know, and talk about some of the the topics, you know, like you know, the overturning of Will v. Wade. Um, and, you know, that was my opinion piece that I did. And, you know, inflation. I mean, I, you know, we're still experiencing inflation. I think the Inflation Reduction Act. Is going to slowly help with bringing down inflation because I gotta honestly tell you, I went to Trader Joe's last week and I had like two two bags of groceries. It was one hundred and thirty-eight dollars. I'm like, you know, I'm like, granted, I'm like, I, I, you know, I had some, you know, French white wine and sparkling wine, but you know, those were like under eight bucks a pop. So, you know, I I know people are hurting, um, but I think, you know, with the president signing into law, the Inflation Reduction Act it's going to help. It'll take a little bit of time, but (laughs) it it is going to help in the long run. It really, really is. And also, I want to mention this. If you want me to talk about a certain topic, you know, it could be a current event or whatever, you know, what's, you know, what's been going on um, in the media and stuff, you know, send me an email, you know, toplessgovernment at gmail.com. If you want to find some reading materials about a particular, you know, topic, um, let me know. I use uh, the Congressional Research Service. Uh, They're through the Library of Congress and they have a website, it's congress.gov, and there is a link, <coughs> excuse me, to the congressional research report um, and issue briefs. That's something that you should look into as well. And then also, if you want to be a guest on Topless Government, again, um, email me at toplessgovernment@gmail.com It's all lowercase. Um, you know, I work with the fabulous district doghouse dog face studios. Uh, Marcus Donovan is my producer and he's fantastic. I mean, you know, he's in the uh, food service industries. He's chef, the pasteurized chef, really, really good. And just want to, you know, give a shout out to the studio because they're great. I mean, they're awesome. So there are so many things that we can talk about that I can, you know, educate you, on the government and you know what and it doesn't always have to be about, you know, the federal government cuz again like I said I've worked in, I've worked in local and state government as well um but should you ever want you know for me to cover a particular issue or whatever just reach out and I'm going to give you the email address again toplessgovernment@gmail.com so I hope you take me up on this and You know, this is just a journey. We're starting our journey, and it's going to be a great journey, and I think uh, I'm going to provide a great message. Also remember, November 8th, I will likely be doing a live broadcast on election night to provide some analysis and also drink um, and make it fun. And I will likely have some of my... The Padres come on and get a perspective because here's the thing: this is how geeky I am, and this is what I love to do. So there have been times like when the president does his State of the Union address, we turn it into a drinking game. And in the past, you know, pre-pandemic, Crystal will go to the tune in, and you know, get my favorite hamburger get my picture of yingling beer, and then we will watch the State of the Union address. And then, but we would always decide beforehand the buzzword. So when um, George W. Bush was president, you know how he would say nuclear? <laughs> um, you had to drink. And then when, when, when uh, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, when he was in office and his, and let me be clear, I mean, yeah, I mean you get you you get the gist, but we would you turn it into a drinking game. And then also, when I started um going on Twitter, so I've been on Twitter since two thousand and twelve, and I kid you not the two thousand and sixteen um Republican debates, I would go on Twitter, and I was you know do a running commentary of what happened in the debate. And one of the things that that still tickles me and makes me laugh is when, um, what's the other Bush brother? He was governor of Florida. Jeb. Jeb Jeb admitted that he smoked reefer. (laughs) I was like, oh God. I was like, okay. I mean, and then also I would do a running commentary on Facebook and I just, yeah, it was just it was funny, it, I mean, it just I'm like, I, I do miss doing that. I, I really, really do. I may start doing that again. Um, but yeah, this is like, I, I think maybe I should probably create a topless government Twitter handle because I, I do have, I do have a Twitter handle, but that's my personal hand um, handle because um, all of my opinions are my own, um, and sometimes I do go after ignorant people on Twitter. When they start talking about House and Senate rules and procedure, you know, or how someone said famously and inaccurately on Twitter that the president appointed Senator Bernie Sanders to the budget committee, which was a lie. The president does not appoint anybody to a committee in the House or Senate. So, yeah, I found found that very, very funny. Um, And then also when, you know, when they were doing reconciliation with the first Build Back Better and then now the Inflation Reduction Act and how they went after the first woman Senate parliamentarian, everybody was ganging up on her and saying, oh, she's a bureaucrat. We shouldn't listen to her. She has no authority. I'm like, she had authority. It's called precedent. And there's a book on precedent, the Riddick book on, on precedent. So, you, you know, y'all need to hush him out. She based her decisions on precedent. And there's a lot of precedent in the Senate. And she's a very knowledgeable woman. And, you know, I'm sorry, because, you know, I, I think y'all remember, you know, everybody was all up in arms because... She said that there were certain things that could not be in the bill. Well, it was because it was under budget reconciliation, and it's like, what did, you, what did y'all want her to do? I mean, it was easy for the Democrats to get this done because it's by it's simple majority present, fifty plus one. But 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 you, but then there are some things that you have to abide by, and it's under statute that you have to abide by. So the fact that people were coming after the, the parliamentarian, the Senate parliamentarian on Twitter just totally offended me as a woman because this woman is just trying to do her damn job and she's trying to make a dollar out of 15 cent and y'all trying to mess with her. I mean, so I, y'all should see some of my tweets. I mean, there some, sometimes some of them are very ridiculous, but sometimes they're like, they're serious because especially when I call out ignorance for what it is, I call out ignorance because we got a lot of ignorance going on right now. And it's been a long time that this has been going on, and it just, you know, from the 2016 presidential elections, I mean, people have gotten more ignorant and dumber. And I, I, and I hate to say that, but y'all can see for it yourself. I mean, just look at those that continue to support 45, because I ain't going to say his name. They continue to support him, even though they know that man is a crook. And I think things are actually coming together um, on making him being held accountable. I know a lot of you are upset that it's taken so long. Look, I would rather for the Department of Justice to cross every T and dot every I. So that man does not get on a technicality and then y'all will be truly wrong. And, and you know, think I heard him say that there would be serious problems if they continue to go after him. What does that mean? Y'all know what that means. Remember January 6th, 2021? I mean, come on. I mean, that's another thing now with topless government, y'all can never have that happen again. And the reason why it happened, January 6th happened, is because people listen to a con man who was unfortunately our president. And look what happened. Just imagine if those Capitol Police officers weren't there, what would have happened to people? There would have been murder. And I mean, I know one one person was killed, but I'm sorry she was committing a crime. She was. And, you know, they're trying to make her a martyr. And they're actually trying to make, the Republicans are trying to make... The other ones that are in the D.C. jail, martyrs. No, they're criminals. They're traitors. And and back in um, Civil War days, seditionists, that's what they are. And y'all need to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So you need to be informed. I'm not trying to tell you to write a damn dissertation about politics and how, you know, your government works. But just be Just, just be more, be knowledgeable enough that you're you can be considered dangerous, because a person who is, who has um, knowledge has power. They do, and and no one can take away that from you. They can't. So, again, we can talk about so many different things. You know, I'm still in awe of the fact that after fifty years of settled law. Abortion is illegal in a lot of our states. It's not illegal in the District of Columbia. But remember, a lot of these states had trigger laws, and now, you know, abortions are illegal. So think about the fact that our Supreme Court is stacked with five conservative justices. Just think about that. And I know a lot of you have been wondering when President Biden is going to expand the court. Um, I don't know when he's going to do it. I mean, we got so much on our plates, <laughs> But we do need to think about it. We really, really do. Um, I personally believe that they, they, there shouldn't be lifetime appointments. Um, we've had quite a few justices that have died on the bench. We have. And we can't, we can't have that happen anymore. We can't. I mean, yeah, we got a sister on the court. I mean, I'm sorry, she can run, she gonna run circles around all of them, but she is the most qualified justice I have ever seen in my life. And I think the fact that she was a public defender, that'll bring a different breadth of knowledge. And I think that she's going to do wonderful. I really, really do. I mean, I you know, Justice Brown. I mean, she she's the, she's the real deal. She's a really real deal, and unfortunately, her confirmation, I mean, you know, those men on this on the Senate Judiciary Committee, they should be ashamed of themselves. On, on the Republican side, they should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, it, it it's straight-up racist. And I know a lot of white folk always say, why you got to always bring up race? Because it's there. That's why. And, you know, what she had to go through was wrong. It was totally unnecessary. So that's why I think there shouldn't be any more lifetime appointments. I don't, I don't. But one thing I will tell you this, and y'all need to start looking at this more. The Biden-Harris administration has actually filled so many of the vacancies on the circuit court levels. Just think about that. He needs to fill more before 2024 comes into play. He really, really does, because, you know, as I I was saying um, to someone, Republicans always look to the long game. They do. It's not the short term gains they're looking at. They will rather lose battles than lose a war. Just think about that. And the reason why that, you know. They overturned Roe v. Wade because that was a concerted effort that was made. It was in the, It was decades in the making. They, they look at the long game. And I, I really wish that the Democratic Party would do the same thing. I really do. They eat their own. They eat their own. I mean, look what they did to Al Franken. I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, all these shenanigans is going on now with these Republicans. I'm like, what he did was tame. I mean, it wasn't right. I mean, but it's like, but y'all forced him to step down. I mean, luckily, you know, a Democrat filled that seat. I mean, she's good. But it's just like, y'all need to just stop. And then, you know what? Another thing is this. Why do y'all consistently with these damn fundraising emails that you scare the hell out of everybody? I'm tired of it. If I'm going to give you money, I'm going to give you money. If I give money to one candidate, don't think because I'm going to give money to another. Because, okay, prime example. I get text messages, fundraising text messages and emails from James Carvel. You know, the wizard from, you know, the Clinton campaign. So, you know, there's a Senate race in the state of Louisiana. The incumbent is, you know, Senator John Kennedy, who used to be a Democrat. But he's a Republican. And you had, you know, um, these two other candidates on the Democratic side that were running. And, you know, one was a black man. The other one was a white man. And he went to LSU, blah, blah, blah. I won't even get into LSU because, yeah. Not my favorite school, but anyway, I digress. So the Democrats have now started a mis- information campaign against black candidate. And they want the white candidate to win. And I'm like, I mean, I live in I live in Louisiana. I live in New Orleans. For me, I'm like, it's about the best qualified candidate. This particular candidate is not qualified in any way, shape, or form. He's just not. And he has the audacity and the nerve to text message me asking me for my hard-earned money. No, not gonna do it. They need to, I'm like, seriously, what these fundraisers' problems are? This we get these dire emails, which are totally unnecessary, and it's like just tell the damn truth. You want my money because you know because we're fighting to save democracy, our democracy, and we we need to keep the House and Senate. That's it. But these little scary text messages. And emails, they're not doing it for me. And I'm like, and and it just makes me not want to give you any money. And then on top of that, they're sending me snail mail, which which totally annoys me. Because I got a couple of them today. And I'm like, no. Like, if I'm going to contribute to your campaign, I will contribute to your campaign. Because I know what's at stake. Everybody knows what's at stake. So I just need to get that off my chest because it's just so, it's just disingenuous. And I hate it, hate it. I mean, you know what? There's too much dark money in politics as it is. And I'm like, man, no, 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 no. no. And then also, I do you want to talk about canceling student loan debt. You've seen on Twitter and other social media platforms, there are some people that have lost their damn loans How can you not begrudge someone who took out a a student loan and unfortunately, they're only able to probably pay for the interest and not the principal of the loan or to be forgiven? I mean, you know, Republicans kept saying, well, Joe Biden is doing this to get young people to vote on November 8th. You know what? So what if he is? But the thing is that a student loan debt is a national security issue. It is. I mean, for me, knock on wood, I had Pell Grant. But before I got a Pell Grant, I had looked into getting a plus loan grant. And, you know, I'm thankful that I didn't get it because I'd be paying for it now. And look, I'm I'm like, I'm in my 50s. Because, I mean, just think about it because, you know, a lot of people that are you know, saddled with this debt, it prevents them from, you know, getting a house, you know, saving for their retirement. Just think about that. But a lot of people are up in arms because of that. Just so you know, they have to fill out paperwork to get that done. It's not automatic. And it's only up to a certain amount of money. I think like 10 grand, I think, maybe. But guess what? The deadline for that is like in October. So this is not a freebie. And and so, but a lot of people are all up in arms and, you know, I was like, y'all need, y'all need to stop. The one thing I think needs to be done with regards to the cost of college. And I haven't worked at a major research university in the South. These kids nowadays, they want the bells and whistles. They do. They want the, they want the best food. They want the best dorms. And guess what? That costs money. And then also think about this, a lot of these institutions of higher education are now becoming businesses and because they don't have a choice. Think about these state universities and colleges. They get their money through the state. What if you were to find out that some of these state colleges and universities are only getting probably maybe 10 to 20 percent of their funding from the state? Which literally, in my mind, they're private. So how are they gonna make up for that? They start working with with companies to find out what curriculum they can create in order to get you know these graduates to become employees of these companies. And I think that that is a very smart idea. But you know what? It's turning colleges into something of a business. It just is, and so. I think Congress needs to look at how do you reform higher education? And you know what? That could be a, that could be a topic that we can certainly discuss more fully um, in another episode. I mean, the reauthorization of the Higher Education Act is, is going to be what was supposed to be reauthorized as Congress, but <clears throat> excuse me, lo and behold, it wasn't. Um, but y'all should think about that. I mean, you know. The student loan debt forgiveness is something that it needed to be done. It did now, I don't agree with college being free. I don't, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why, and there's some there's logic to this. You need to think about okay if it's a private institution that has an endowment like billions of dollars, yeah, they should be providing they should make they, they they should make certain aspects of the uh, cost, you know, they should reduce them or just, you know, provide more institutional aid, whatever. But public colleges and universities, yeah, that's a different story. How are you gonna pay your faculty? How are you gonna pay your admin staff? How are you gonna pay just like to keep the operations and maintenance of the campus going? And then on top of that, okay, you got their salaries. Then you got their pension, then their health care. Who's going to pay for that? Like, seriously, who's going to pay for that? Because if you make college free, how are these people going to live? How are they going to support their families? Just, I'm like, I'm just curious. I'm like, I really would like to have a discussion about that because that has been the buzzword with certain people. And also, I got another pet peeve too. When I was on Metro Bus this week, How am I going to describe this child? She goes to Georgetown Law School. She gets on the bus. Oh, the bus should be free. Are you kidding me? It's $2. It's $2. How do you think Metro bus, how do you think Metro is going to run? Let's talk about salaries. I mean, they get money from the federal government. They do. Um, But they also have to generate revenue through the fare box. So please stop saying that public transportation should be free. How are they going to keep the operations and maintenance of these, of the subway rail lines? How are they going to be able, are they going to be safe? Let's talk about Metro Rail Police, Metro Metro Transit Police. How are they going to pay them? How are they going to pay the Metro bus operators? How are they going to pay the Metro Rail operators? How are they going to pay for, to get, you know, these rail cars? or to expand service, or to expand lines. Because like right, right now, finally, oh my God, I'm so happy. I don't know if I'm going to ever take the subway again, but if I have to fly out of Dulles, now you got the silver line that goes all the way out there, and the Dulles train station has been open. It was um, open, I think, like last week or earlier uh, this week. But just think about the cost. I mean, there's so much hidden costs Well, people just want to spout off that ignorant mess and talk about everything that should be free. No, everything shouldn't be free. It should not be free. You need to think about what is going to be the impact of those who have to provide that service. Just think about that. You can't always think about about me. You need to think about the whole thing and not just like, oh, blanketly, oh, public transit should be free. I mean, look what the pandemic has shown us, to be perfectly honest. Public transit was hit hard. It was. I mean, just like the airline industry. It was hit hard. And, you know, through. So, you know, a helping hand. And to make sure that they get back on their feet, that is always a good thing. It, it is a, it's a good thing. But don't turn around and say stuff should be free. You need to think about this before you, you spout it. Because I got to tell you, I'm like, and I know I'm probably going to piss off millennials, but I don't care because y'all are just, like, too much for me. I, I, I'm a Generation Xer, and I'm proud of being a Generation Xer. And got to tell you, we're independent. We get shit done. We are independent. We don't need an issue to galvanize behind. We just get stuff done. And we don't whinge about it, we don't bitch about it, we don't complain about it. We are sol- we we solve problems. We are you know problem solvers. That's who that's who we are. So, you know, I'm just like I can't with the millennials and and the GZers or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. I don't care. But It just, I mean, it just irritates me, again, when I hear, oh, it should be free. It should be free. Oh, it shouldn't be free. It should not be free. And, you know, it's like, whatever. I don't care. And then, oh, yeah, let's talk about quiet quitting. God, help us. Jesus takes the wheel on that one. So, basically, these young people are saying now, and I think they're using the pandemic as an excuse that they should just do the bare minimum at their job. And the reason why, their reasoning is because they saw their parents as workaholics and tied themselves to the job and then they got laid off or whatever or they were like forced to retire early or whatever. Here's the deal. You get paid to do your job. If you want to get promoted, you you should go beyond your job be proactive be a team player but if you think you're going to get promoted and you're going to get a bonus you're going to get a salary increase a promotion you can forget it because it's like you want to do the bare minimum just your job okay fine that's fine I mean I know everybody wants to do um you know have a balance between work and personal life so do I I've been accused of being a workaholic. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. Elaine and Milton Ellaby raised me right. And I go and do a job. I do it half-assed. And I go in, I do a job. I'm, tri- I'm, a, I'm a team player. But I'm telling y'all, this quiet quitting, I'm sick of it. I mean, you know, it's like, y'all should go to the hill and, and try and work. And I, I bet you a lot of you wouldn't even survive. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even survive. So on that note, I really, really hope that if you want to talk about a certain topic, email me at toplessgovernment@gmail.com. at If you have a comment, you can email me. Because, I mean, I want to I grow. I want to learn. I mean, this is my first time doing a podcast. It's a work in progress. You know, it's progress, not perfection, although we are trying to be perfect. But um, yeah, just toplessgovernment at gmail.com. And I hope you come and join me. If if you want to come on as a guest, that'd be great. Also, um, my fabulous podcast producer has made a suggestion. And we're going to do happy hour at the end of the month on the show. I think that'd be great. I do. I think that would be great. I know some people are scared because they were like, Crystal, you know, when you you drink. I'm like, I can hold my own. I can. I can chew gum and walk at the same time. So tune in next time. And, you know, we can talk about what's going on now. Um, or I can talk about a, partic- a particular um, process that goes on on Capitol Hill in the House and Senate. Just let me know. Just let me know. I mean, I have a running list of what I would like to talk about, but I'd be curious what you would like for me to talk about and what you would like to learn more about. Because remember, this is a give and take. Um, I, again, I want this to be relatable and fun, but it's a give and take. I mean... I I just don't want to always do the talking. I want to hear from you. So thank you so much and drop mic.